welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. But as Tony said, we're going to uh, continue our series on No Ordinary Family. It is a study on the book of Ruth. And if you're new on our journey, I just want to quickly bring you up to speed as to what we've been doing. And and while I do that, can I suggest our website? You can go to the website and download all of the past messages that we've done. And I want to encourage you to do so. I don't care if you were here for all of them. It's been a great series. I've loved sitting on the front row and just hearing the different dynamics and the different facets that have come out of that series. So can I encourage you, whether you were here and you heard, I think it's a great series for you to keep on record and just play and listen. I mean, Pete, last week, with just that working for work, it's just amazing. We may have struggled with some of those things, but I tell you what, to sit there and listen and think, wow, that makes sense. I see that. I understand that. It was an amazing job. Thanks, Pete. You really set me up this morning. (laughs) Not that we're competitive or anything, but anyway. So this morning, uh, we want to continue our series. And the book of Ruth uh, zooms in on a family, a man by the name of Elimelech. He moves, there's a famine in his town. He uproots his wife, Naomi, moves to a new city. While in that city, he dies. And then his two sons marry foreign women from that city. And then his two sons die. And it leaves Naomi as a widow with her two daughters-in-law. Naomi hears that her hometown, the famine, has broken and she decides, you know what, it's time for me to return home. So she says to her daughters-in-law, why don't you stay here? I've got nothing I can offer you. Stay here. And it's where we um, found Pete again spoke on leaving and cleaving. Orpah decided to leave. She said, okay, thank you, uh, Naomi. It's been good, but I'm staying. But Ruth clung to to Naomi. She said, wherever you go, I'll go. Your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. So these two women then make the journey back to Naomi's hometown. And then when they get there, rather than just sit there and say, well, now what? Ruth decides, you know what? If I want to eat, then I need to work. So Ruth goes out to the field so that she can gather uh, some food for her and Naomi so they can survive. And it just so happens that she finds herself in a field working for one of Naomi's close relatives. It just so happens that the man uh, comes along and notices her. And as Tony shared last week, it just so happens that this man showed unusual kindness to Ruth and to Naomi. And this is where we're going to pick up the story this morning. And we're going to read from chapters uh, 3, verses 1 to 6. So if you could please turn with me in your Bible, or if you don't have a Bible this morning, it will be up on the screen behind me. So we're reading Ruth chapter 3, starting at verse 1. It says, One day, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, I must find a home for you, where you will be well provided for. Now Boaz, with whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight he'll be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfume, and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor. But don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. This morning, the title of my message is called Matchmaker. 
It's going to be exciting, let me tell you. There's going to be romance. There's going to, I was going to say it's brought to you by Mills and Boone. I thought, no, it's probably not a good. <laughs> there's romance. There's dating. There's makeovers. There's all sorts of exciting things that we're going to look at this morning in this passage. It's pretty much a story on the art of dating. And what I want us to notice is that there are three areas that we need to consider when we talk about dating. Now, I know that, well, there's actually four, but the fourth one is the person of interest. So the member of the opposite sex that actually you have no control over. You may like them, but if they don't like you, it's, I'm sorry, but it's good night. But there are three areas which you do have some sort of control. And I want to just speak to those, about those areas so that if we're in the position here this morning of dating, looking for future partners, looking for someone to spend the rest of our life with, that these are three areas that we really need to consider. And I think sometimes we've got some of them right and sometimes we've just missed out on important areas. So I want to highlight some of those today. And the first area I want to let us know is that it's God's part. Dating starts with God. You may not like that. You might not agree with that. But let me tell you, what we read out of that story is that dating starts with God. God is into relationships. Genesis 2.18 said, God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will create a suitable helper for him. So it's fair to say that if God is into relationship, then God has got his hand on relationships. And God in this story is all over this situation. It happened, remember says spoke on the providence of God. Providence is simply just God is in control. It happened that Naomi and Ruth returned to Bethlehem at the start of barley harvest. It happened that Ruth just happened to wander into Boaz's field. It happens that Boaz is actually a relative of the dead mother-in-law and then of Naomi, uh, Ruth. It happens that on the day Ruth is in there working, Boaz happened to come and check on the workers and check on his field. It happened... Remember, this is all what says preached in the last couple of weeks. It happened that Boaz actually noticed Ruth. I mean, there's a miracle there. A man noticed a woman. It happened, it happened that Boaz was single. It happened that Boaz started to show kindness to Ruth. Can I say again that God is at the beginning of every relationship? God has a part in your relationship as God has a part in this relationship. God was organising, that was a cross between organising and orchestrating, situations and circumstances to see his benefit come about. God moving things. I mean, Ruth was in a foreign country. She finds herself in the will of God. He's moved things, done things, done whatever. He's in control and she finds that nothing Ruth did to make that happen. It wasn't like she went up to uh, the girls in the city and said, okay, where's the eligible bachelors at? Where do I go to get myself noticed? No, Ruth just went and did what she knew she had to do. And can I encourage you, if you are here this morning and you are single and you, there's a desire in your heart and it's not a bad desire, we've just said it's God's desire that you want to do partnership with someone, can I encourage you, do what it is you've been called to do and stop trying to make it work. God is in control. Remember, God is all over this. He is working things right now in your life and in your situation. Who's to say that your future partner isn't actually 
sitting here in this building this morning. You don't know that. God is in control. He's moving things. Where's all the married couples? Quickly, close your eyes and bow your heads. Quick, quick. Singles, now's your opportunity. Look around. Quick. Anyone who's looking is single. All right. Say, God, give me a halo on the org. Red flashing lights. Or maybe the lighting team can just, you know, push some of the flashes on so you know. And we're serious here, thanks. We don't know. We just know that God is in control. And I just want to encourage you, don't discount that he's not moving things in your sphere of influence right now. Or maybe they're not quite here, but you know what? Someone's working on a friendship and then they will bring a friend in. There's there's all sorts of divine connections and divine things happening. What I want you to catch is for you to have a good, solid relationship. God has got to be at the center of it. He has to be at the beginning of it. I love marriage. And I want to be an advocate for marriage because I think marriage gets a bad rap. Everyone wants to bag marriage and say it's bad. But I also want to be real with you this morning and say marriage can be hard work. It's not all rosy because take it, you've got two selfish individuals who are used to getting or wanting to get their own way and we're asking them to cohabit together and give way to one another. It can be hard work until Tony decides he's wrong and he will give way. <laughs> and when that happens, there's harmony in the home. <laughs> I can say it because I've got it and you'll get me back, I know. Because honestly, let's be honest, it's usually the other way around. Okay, it's always the other way around. Because <laughs> I can't lie on the altar. All right. Anyway, the point is, God is in control. He needs to be at the foundation of your relationship. Please, 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 singles. You may think it is tough now, but God, you know what? I'm single and I really desire to be married. And you may think it's tough now, but can I tell you, if you do this without God, it's going to get even tougher. And just for grace, I know that there are some who've come into relationship with Jesus after some of those decisions have been made. I don't want any condemnation because God can come through and help you in that situation. I'm just appealing to those of you who right now have a choice. You have a choice right now. It's under your control for you to go, you know what? God's got a part in my destiny. God has a part in my future dating. God has a part in who I... I was going to say hook up with, but that doesn't sound nice. And who I do life with eternally. All right? So God has a part in your relationship. So I'm going to encourage you, invite God in. Recognize he's all over this situation. Say, God, you take control of this. I'm taking my hands off the steering wheel. I'm going to stop maneuvering and manipulating and trying to find my way. I'm going to say, God, you're in control. You highlight, you show me, you speak to me, and I'll move on that. So the first area is God's part. The second area is Naomi's part. And I think quite often this is the part that is most often overlooked when we talk about relationships and do relationships. Because I don't know, throughout this series, you, um, we've been talking about Boaz. I mean, Tony did the, seri- the sermon titled Modelling Manhood. I mean, Boaz was a wealthy man. He was a God lover. He was wise. He came in and he would say to the... Um, Workers, you know, God bless you. And they say, and to you. He had great working relationships with those who worked under him. He was well respected. He was successful. You've got to ask yourself, why is this guy still single? I mean, if I described that man and said, he's available tonight, girls, I think we'd get a stampede of, pick me, pick me. I mean, I'd be, no, I wouldn't be. I would have been (laughs) 28 years ago and that was presented to me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you've got to ask yourself, why is the guy still single? 
So I look and I think, was he bald maybe? <laughs> no, 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 I'm not, pe- I'm, I'm saying what some of you think. Maybe he's hit with the ugly stick. Maybe he'd spent so many years out in the field that he was a bit weathered, he was a bit old, maybe he had a crook and leaning over, he was a bit tired, I don't know. But it never records anywhere that Ruth had in her thinking, oh, here's an eligible bachelor, oh, here's someone of interest. And vice versa, let's put the, foot on the, the shoe on the other foot, Boaz noticed Naomi, uh, Ruth, but there's no inkling of, oh, I wonder if she'd be interested. Maybe he thought, you know what, I'm an old man. What if I, she's a young woman. She's got uh, so much more. There's other options out there. I've seen my competition. Naomi could be thinking, you know what, I'm a foreigner. I'm from a different land. I'm poor. What have I got that I could bring to the table? we've got those situations and more sitting in this church right now. And Naomi's part is to come in and say, hmm, Ruth, have you ever considered Boaz? She makes a decent proposal. And singles, there are Naomi's in this church who want to make decent proposals. Naomi, are you listening? You're sitting here this morning and you're married. What I love about the gospel, what I love about our opportunity as believers is it never finishes. Our work is never done. Okay, so you're married, but you know what? You've got kids to invest in. Yes, but then your kids are off your hands, but there's always somebody you can be investing in. And you've got an opportunity because here's the thing. This is what I want you to catch is that we all have preconceived ideas. We all have idealisms. When I speak to young people, And they give you their list of what they're looking for. And you're like, dude, she does not exist. (laughs) I have never seen her before. And then you want to say to some of them, face this way, look in the mirror. Like, do you think, (laughs) really, if she existed? Dude, really? Like, come on. Now, I'm not picking on you, but I'm saying is we're conditioned by this world. Just the media and the advertising and what we're supposed to look for, it's so warped. And we need to have Naomi's in our life who'll come alongside and go, have you considered so-and-so? Because maybe, you know what, we, we might think like Boaz. Maybe you sit there and you think, I'm bald. And I'm not picking, I'm just trying to think of what people think. I'm bald. I'm too old. Uh, I'm a foreigner. I'm this. I'm, girls, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. It's, that's not what matters. And we need Naomi to come alongside and make decent proposals for us. And say, hey, have you considered? Hey, you're not thinking right. Hey, that's not what a man is looking for. This is what he's looking for. Every relationship needs, and I think this is the part that we overlook. We go, oh, I like her and I'm interested. And if someone suggests it to us, it's like, what are you talking about? No, we need to be getting alongside Naomi's and saying, okay, what do you see? Because here's the thing, often we as younger people go, oh, they're out of touch. They don't know what's happening. In... But you know, can I say this? The advantage of someone who's walked a road before you is they're not as ideal as you are. So what I love about, uh, let's say, new mums, I love getting beside a new mum. And when you can see she's at her wit's end and she's ready to pull her hair out and like, oh, I'm failing, I love to sit there and go, that's just 
having a new baby. It is so, when you see the new mum, her heart just goes, oh, I thought I was like the worst mother in the world. And it's like, no, that's just having a baby. That's just an infant. That's just the season you're in. And the advantage of Naomi for the young people is she can come alongside and go, you know what? Those things actually don't matter. I know that there's an interest and an inkling and something will spark you off and something will get started. But those things that you're putting all your focus in and all your hope and all your attention, those things don't matter. Naomi can come alongside and say, you know what? Looks fade, this happens, whatever. But character or this, do they love God? This got under control. Have they got this? Do they have a job? Are they doing this? That's what Naomi's job is to do, to come alongside. So there's not only, and here's the thing. Who knows you better than those you do life with? Like mom, dad, in, in case of church, leaders. They know you. So it's a fair chance and a fair thing. They possibly have a good idea of who'd be good for you. Now you might, if you've had anything to do with any of our marriage or relationship, you might love Pete and Sally here on the front row. And I know this is no secret, but I'm just going to let you know in case you don't know. But do you know that they were set up as a blind date? And Naomi, you said I could share that, didn't you? Good. <laughs> as I did it. No, I'm sure you did. <laughs> there was a woman at Pete's work when he worked at King's, was a teacher. Worked with Pete, did life with Pete, knew him. Went, you know what? There's someone at my church. I know you guys would be good. She knew Pete. She knew Sally. Naomi stepped in the picture and said, hey, Pete, have you considered? There's a part to dating that is Naomi's part. Have you considered? My call is, young people, are you listening to Naomi? My challenge is, Naomi, are you speaking? Are you building relationships? Are you doing life with these young ones? What I love about Ruth and Naomi is that Ruth has left her hometown. She's left all that she knows to be with this woman. There had to be some sort of dynamic of relationship. She trusted Naomi. You know what? Naomi, if you do life with her, you open your heart up. Naomi, if you look after what you need to look after, there's a trust that's built there so that you can come alongside and go, you know what? Have you considered so-and-so? Okay, maybe you want blonde hair and they've got brown hair, but what about this, 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 and this? I know you. I know how you're wired. I know what you look for. This. I'm not saying she's always right. I'm just saying she's just saying, have you considered God's part, Naomi's part. Brings us to the third part, which is Ruth's part. Because what I love about this is that Ruth listened. She said she heard Naomi's proposal. I, I, we're not there. We don't know. I don't know if she was gagging in the background to start with or like, are you kidding me? Like, do you... But there was something going on that she trusted Naomi enough to, go, to listen. And I have to say, guys, are you listening? To what's been shared and said, are you listening? Okay. I'm not saying that you might be going, yee-hee, yay, I've been waiting for that from the start. But are you listening? And then she obeyed. And I'm not talking about, okay, just because you said I'm going to do it. But something resonated within Ruth's heart for her to go and do verbatim what Naomi said. Didn't put her spin on it. Well, I'll kind of take that bit and adjust it and do whatever. No, she just went and did what Naomi said. And I have to say, young, young people, are you listening? 
And then are you putting into practice what has been suggested? Because what comes next is Ruth goes and has a major makeover. She goes, Naomi says to her, you know what, honey? You've been working in the field all day. You've been, you're a little bit smelly. How about we go and have a bath, put on some perfume, put some makeup on, put a nice dress on, and then let's go and present ourselves. And I just want to say, you know what, guys? Presentation does count. I'm not talking about a mask, because we spend a lot of time in church just trying to get people to drop the mask, to drop the act, to not be... We're not talking about masking. We're talking about it's a sign of readiness. It's a sign of saying, you know what? I care about myself. And because I care about myself, I think there's something in me that could care about you. Because if you can't look after yourself, how can you look after someone else? You heard Tony say from the front that the best gift you can give someone is a healthy you. And again... I'm not talking about doing because everyone else is doing it. And if you're a little bit like this, I'm saying finding your fit, but just looking, presenting yourself. I might be a sporty type of chick. Well, then have a matching tracksuit rather than bits and pieces that are, you know, and the crutches down here and the butts hanging out or whatever. Or you're a high heel dress kind of girl, cool. Or you like flat shoes. I'm ignoring you. So... <laughs> I'm not not prescribing anything. I'm just trying to deal with an attitude that says, well, he should just like me as I am or she should just like me as I am. Yeah, but come on, dude. You can present yourself just a little bit. There was nothing that Naomi couldn't touch in Ruth's life. That's what I love. Talked about, you know what? You need to have a shower. There's plenty of people in this room who can vouch for the fact I've had to come alongside and say, you know what? There's a little bit of a body odor issue here and we need to talk about it. Not embarrassing, not to embarrass them or to make them feel bad, but just, you know what, what you, you don't know what you don't know. And the thing with body odour is sometimes you can't even smell it. But you walk into a room and everyone else can smell it. And so you just need someone to come alongside and say, hey, you know what, either the washing powder you're using doesn't work or the, uh, you're not washing, whatever it is. And any area we should be able to touch on. We should be able to talk about um, body odour, Hey, what about your personal skills? There's some singles I've had to talk about, you know what, you're abrasive. Like you say, oh, you know, how come nobody approaches me? If I ask them for coffee, they run for their life. It's like, you know what, because you're scary. (laughs) You're scaring me, I want to run, but you're in my office, so I can't. (laughs) And not attacking, hear me, Naomi, you're not attacking them. It's just, hey, I want the best for you. And you know what? You're, the way you interface with me is aggressive. You don't even realize it. You're just you're yelling at me or you're opinionated all the time. You won't. You, here's one. You never shut up. How can anyone say yes to coffee? You haven't even given them a, you haven't stopped for them to be able to answer you. Just there should be no subject that we can't talk about. So Ruth, you've got to open yourself up and say, okay, I might not like what I hear, but you know what? This one is for me. Naomi is for me, whoever it is. And, and I'm using Ruth and Naomi because that's a story, but it goes for guys. You know, talk to me. What am I doing? Okay, what is it? And sometimes it can just be, you know what, hun, you're doing great. Just keep serving God, keep loving him, keep him first, keep doing what you're doing. God's orchestrating it. He's moving the pieces. We'll let you know. And sometimes it'll be, well, you know what, because you're concentrating here and you're not seeing the light bulb flashing over here that's saying, here I am, here I am. Or it's actually, you know what, you're doing this and this is what we want to achieve. We hear all the time, 
as leaders, there's no single guys in this church. There's no single girls in this church. Can I tell you, there's hundreds of you. And actually, if you want to see me after, I've got a list of pairings that I've made up. (laughs) That I think, oh, you know what? You and you and you and you. Now, I joke, but there is a seriousness to that. There's some wisdom in this place that can say, you know what, if you could just get over yourself, if you could actually say to God, you know what, God, not my will, yours be done. And again, please, I'm not talking about, okay, I'm just going to take the lowest level. No, I'm just saying, be real, be honest. Say, start looking for what really counts. Naomi can steer you in the right way. There's some amazing matchups in this place. There really, really is. And like I said, that story, Ruth never considered, oh, Boaz wouldn't be interested in me. I'm poor. I'm from the wrong side of the tracks. I'm this. Boaz is probably thinking, she is one honey. There is no way she's going to give me a second look. And sometimes Naomi's got to come in and say this, but Ruth has to be listening. Ruth has to act on it. And can I just say, sometimes, Ruth, you just got to do something. Let me say this. Coffee is just coffee. It's purely simply that. If someone asks you for coffee, it doesn't hurt to say, yes, please, I'll have coffee. Because sometimes we get the two extremes. Sometimes you get, do you want to have coffee? And the girl's going, oh, no, he's going to ask me to marry him. It's like, (laughs) don't know what kind of coffee bar you go to. (laughs) Or you get the other extreme where someone's literally just asking for coffee because they think, you know what, hey, maybe let's just have coffee and see. And you get the other extreme where she's going, oh, he's going to, he's going to. And the guy's like, oh, help me, Jesus, I just wanted coffee. (laughs) Coffee is just coffee. I should look at my notes. Some of you just need to get in there. Can I say that with wisdom and can I say that with you being smart about it? Some of you just got to actually get in the game. I said to someone, and again, remember, because this description, you can look at it, this description is for a time, not this time. And I said to someone when they were talking about I said, you know what I think you need to do is whoever asks you for anything next time, say yes. She went, and I said, no, because I know you and I know I, wh- what you're about. I know, you, I know you're not silly. But I'm just saying, you know what? I think you've been out of the game and it's built up something in you. I'm saying, just say yes. And you know what I loved? She rang me and she said, you know what? I had an opportunity. And my first inkling, I just said, oh, no, I can't do that. And then she said, all I could hear was you go, just say yes. And so she rang back and said, actually, you know what? I will take you up on that offer if that's okay. And nothing, but just the fact it helped her. I said, you know what? Some of you just got to get in there. Okay, you know, I will take coffee. And please, again, I, I can hear the giggles from the youth, but just because you're youth, listen. <laughs> Ruth, be wise. But for some of you, say yes to coffee. And if it means go out six of you, at least there's six of you, and it's a little bit easy, all right? So coffee's just coffee. Some of you have to make the change. And the other thing I just wanted to mention in that, some of the change you have to make is don't be so desperate. We've talked about those who are a little bit reticent and back off. But you have a responsibility to one another. And can I say this in all integrity? Please cover some things up. Put them back. Don't show them. I love the fact we have some gorgeous women 
in our church. But some of you don't dress, I feel, appropriately. And I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying, you know what? You have a responsibility, one to yourself. How many times do you see articles in the paper where somebody has gone out scantily dressed, has been treated inappropriately, and then you've got the two sides of the argument. Yes, you know what? She should never have been treated that way. But there's always the other side of the argument. The guy says, well, if you dress up like me, you're going to be treated like that. And I'm not saying that they're right in what they're doing, but I'm saying, you know what, girls? We've got a responsibility to present ourselves appealing. We have a responsibility to ourselves because we're worth it. We have far more worth than how we look here. There's something far deeper and greater inside. But you also have a responsibility to your brother who's sitting next to you because he's embattled with that stuff outside of the walls of the church. Marketing, it is scary how marketing is so subliminal and not even so subliminal anymore and just sexual in its connotation. And so these guys are battling that stuff out there. They don't need to be battling it in here. And there's a theory, it's called the Gestalt theory. And what it says is the brain, and now remember, God has made our brain and the way we think. And that our brain is made to complete the picture. So we see half a picture, our brain is trained to actually put the rest of the package together. So if we're wearing revealing clothes, short skirts, revealing tops, things like that, our brain, the boy's brains are trained to actually complete, you're inviting him to complete the picture. And then we get all out of shape that, oh, he shouldn't. You know, he shouldn't. I I agree with you. And we're working with him on that. But you know what, honey? Help him. He's your brother. Help him. He doesn't need to be having that or exposed to that. Plus, you're better than that. That's not the way you're going to get the man of your dreams, the woman of your dreams, is by lowering yourself. Have some self-respect. Naomi, uh, Ruth, did everything Naomi asked her, and she was above board. Didn't take it this way, didn't take it that way. Did it all precise and was above board. Says, we'll speak tonight on, on Boaz's reaction and about his righteousness. So that whole way that thing went down, it was righteous. And we need to be righteous in our dealings with one another. You know what? I'm interested in this guy, but I want to be righteous in it. If that means public dating in terms of going out in groups, putting boundaries in place, being righteous in our response. Watch what you wear, girls. Just in, in care and compassion for your brothers. But you know what? Because you, you're better than that. You're worth more than that. And it's not because older women are jealous. It's not because of this. I mean, some of us are, let's face it. It's like, you know what? I'd love to have legs like that. Hey, but the heart of that behind is, you know what? We're for you. And I want to see you come into the fullness and the destiny of everything you have for you. And you don't have to lower yourself to that because you'll get attention, but it's not the attention you want or need. All right, you need to have a Ruth. It says she put on clothes, got herself dressed, went and did. There was nothing, no insinuation about that. So do you hear my heart on that? We're for you guys. You guys are great. We love you dearly. And that's why part of this emphasis is because, you know what, we want to see you walk in the fullness of the inheritance that God has for you. We want to see those partnerships come to pass. We know that God has his part in it. We know God is in control. He's all over it. We know that Naomi has her responsibility and her part in that. And then there's our part as Ruth to be able to respond and do the right thing. And then we're going to see that come to pass. As our band comes up, I want to finish with this and hand it back to Tony. I can't help think of the parallel in this story. We, like Naomi, have the wonderful privilege as believers of introducing those who don't know Jesus to their Redeemer.
to their partner, to their groom. And I just want us to remember that fact. You know what? We can do that naturally here amongst family and friends in terms of being Naomi's, being Ruth's, looking into it. But you know what? It's a greater, it's a bigger picture than that, this story, is that we have the opportunity to be like Naomi and introduce those who don't know Jesus to their Savior. We can be like Naomi and suggest, have you considered? Did you ever think of this? What about this? So church, can I encourage you? Take on board what I've said. Hear, hear what I've said and find your place and your fit in that. And always, always keep our hands open and say, God, where can I be doing that with my family and friends and be playing the matchmaker in their lives to the one who's going to see them into eternity? Thank you. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.